Welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, and so grateful to share this story with you. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. We're so glad you've joined us. Welcome, Elise. It is so great to connect with you. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm Elise Meyer. <laughs> and it's and it's really great to connect with you because you have been battling both lupus and Sjogren's. Am I even saying that right? Uh, Sjogren's syndrome, yes. Yeah. So tell us more even about what those autoimmune disease experiences are, um, are like or even just your diagnosis story. Okay. Um, the diagnosis story is really interesting, actually. Um, uh, it was about eight years ago. Um, so about eight years ago, I was about 28. <laughs> and uh, I, or nine years ago, maybe, I um, went in for routine blood work and I got flagged for low white blood cell count. And I had a surgery canceled because the doctor was like, I don't feel comfortable doing it was a routine like nose like thing and like a deviated septum and he was like I don't um feel comfortable doing this until we figure out why your white blood cell count is so low um here's a referral to an oncologist and I was like what's an oncologist like I had no idea but how um, terrifying it as soon as I googled it I was like okay like what's, um, yeah. So I had to go do a bunch of tests. Um, and the oncologist was basically like, you either have cancer, HIV, or an autoimmune disease. Wow. And so, yeah, so we had to rule out like the first two, um, and to rule out cancer, it took like, uh, CT scan, an MRI, a bone marrow biopsy. And they finally were like, okay, you're making enough um, white blood cells. You're making enough platelets, but something's happening to them and they're not getting into your like bloodstream. And so the theory was that my spleen was sequestering them. And now we know it's autoimmune. So go see a rheumatologist. Mm. I was like, okay. So I went to one of the best rheumatologists in Houston. He's amazing. And I'm still his patient now and like almost a decade. Um, and he was like, okay, let, we need to run full panels, blah, blah, blah. And I came up with some Bose Sjogren's markers, low white blood cell count, um, uh, the rheumatoid factor and ANA like was just off the charts. And he was like, you have an autoimmune process happening in your body, but we don't really know like what to label it disease wise until we know more about your symptoms and what it's attacking and this sort of thing. And lupus, there's no like test for lupus. It's very hard to diagnose. Mm. Um, you have to have like several, um, uh, positive, I guess, or checks on this list of 11 or 12 things. And, um, although I do have, um, skin form of lupus too, and that was really easy to diagnose because a dermatologist just, uh, took a biopsy and was like, yeah, that's skin lupus. But, uh, my rheumatologist at the time was trying to diagnose uh, systemic or Sjogren's or both, and it really took like a year or two. So he's like, I'm going to treat you as if you have these things. Um, but it, it's all of a sudden, like I had answers because like I always had this salivary gland pain in my early 20s. I had joint pain where I couldn't get out of bed. And it, it's not, I don't have rheumatoid arthritis. It's joint pain associated with lupus and Sjogren. So it's, it's uh, not Different. a damaging, it's just like inflammation where I wouldn't be able to bend my elbow or my mm. knee and this sort of thing. And, and then I would get these skin rashes. So all of these things were happening and I would go to like a dermatologist and they would just throw steroid cream at me sure. or tell me I was lifting weights wrong or, but now I had an answer. It was like all of these things that I thought were separate things were all connected 
um, as lupus. And one of, of course, the key things in lupus too is um, like chronic low white blood cell count. So that's part of my diagnosis. Um, and that's how I was diagnosed. And then I just started, the first thing they put you on is hydrochloroquine, um, which is, I had a reaction to immediately oh, uh, no. have like, like a skin toxicity reaction. My, my rheumatologist came in and he was like, okay, like no matter what, the diseases, you have an autoimmune process going on. And the first thing we give you is this really, really safe option. There's only one side effect. And I was like, what's that? He goes, blindness. Oh and my God. Like, what? This is the safest. The first choice that I have is, oh, is no. the medicine that my And he was like, yes, you have to get your retinas like looked at every six months and all that. And I was like, I think I like... <laughs> want to think about this like I don't want to and he was like well don't wait because you have a lot of inflammation going on and we need to get it under control and I was like okay but then I went from that to a different immunosuppressant uh, called azathioprine I also have tried like Cellsept so over the years my lupus actually has been like managed really really well until I went through my divorce in 2016. Mm. That's when everything, like it, my body was out of control. Like I couldn't bend my joints. I had, I, my skin was just covered in rashes. Like I'll have to send you a picture, but it's, it was just insane. Um, most of my skin was covered like chest, arms, face, was lupus rash, um, salivary glands. I would get dry mouth like really, really badly. Um, and it's, uh, it was just a really hard time. And that is about the same time, like about, um, after, right after my divorce, I met my now husband, um, in a flare, like I was still going through this flare that I felt perpetually, and he's just like the sweetest thing, so supportive, unlike my my ex-husband who did like he kind of like looked at me like I had the plague when I had oh, lupus. No. Like because we got married and then I was diagnosed with lupus and it was like I didn't he actually said like I didn't sign up for oh, this. No. So but my now husband, totally supportive, so sweet, always like took care of me when I want to take or takes care of me when I want to take naps he turns off all the lights he puts on music you like sound like uh, spa music kind of yeah, thing yeah fantastic um yes um but I was in this perpetual flare and at this point now I'm on a biologic um called Benlista which is a very effective biologic it took away most of my rashes and full max doses of azathioprine I think I counted at one point it was something like 50 pills a week or more oh my gosh like I was taking um salivary gland stimulant like a saliva stimulant um I was on Zydra for my eyes for for to reduce inflammation in your um tears um to help with your tear production and oh so I should probably like explain what I guess briefly lupus and Sjogren's how it affects me is um, lupus is very um, it's I mean it's it's everything lupus literally my rheumatologist put it like it literally can attack anything in your body like anything can happen um, I'm lucky in that I don't have kidney involvement so that's that's like was actually like really good because like I guess for HSCT like uh, your kidneys are a factor for sure uh, right right and in something comforting my rheumatologist told me was like what it looks like now is is most likely what it will look like in 20 years it'll just get like more pronounced and so um, I but mine I like I have uh, lung involvement with my lupus I've had to go to the ER um, several times for my heart inflammation, um, so myocarditis, um, pleurisy is a big, so those were affecting me to the point where I was having to go to the ER That's a couple scary. times a year. Yes. And, and like when you go to the ER and you have like myocarditis or, or pleurisy and it hurts to breathe or hurts to even like just be, 
um, the first thing they do at an ER is just pump you full of steroids. Mm -hmm. And so I felt instantly better, but like it, and they couldn't find anything wrong with me. And I'm like, well, I, I, like they would run all these heart tests and like check and see if I had any clots anywhere, like the clot blood test and, and everything was fine, but it was just the lupus causing this like inflammation and, um, it affects my skin. Sjogren's affects, of course, my tear production. I, I have like one dry eye, which is really weird, but that's mm. very common. Um, joint pain, uh, extreme salivary gland pain like every time i would take a bite of food which is you know multiple times a day it would be like bee stings in my salivary glands it's just it would hurt so much and so it was getting to a point like in 2019 i got married to my now husband uh, best thing in the world and uh, we went on our honeymoon and um as soon as i got back from japan uh, my body went into this like full flare again. And I was like, I called my dad crying and I was like, I don't know what to do because I'm on max medicines. I was on steroids. I was on azathioprine. Yeah. I was on Benlista, the, uh, it's a B cell biologic. Um, and like there were, like I, my doctor couldn't up anything else. Like everything was at its max. And I was on two immunosuppressive agents um, so it was to the point where I was starting to get yeast infections constantly, um, cause I already had low white blood cell count and now it was like even lower on these yeah, immunosuppressants. So I called my dad crying and I was like, I don't know what to do, but I heard about this treatment and I'm wondering if you can look into it for me. And he was like, okay, what is the treatment called? And I was like, well, let me just add you to a Facebook group <laughs> so you can see. Because um, at this point, I have already Googled like stem cell treatment for lupus. And I didn't know anything about HSCT at all. Um, and of course, like the first things that come up when you Google that are like Dr. Burt's stuff mm -hmm. um, with his lupus patients experience and studies and um, the majority of course for like MS things um, but I joined the uh, the main HSCT group the Mexico one and the Russia one and I, I added my dad to all of them and my dad who's like the most skeptical person in the whole world mm -hmm. started following and reading every day the same stories I was reading about um, people undergoing HSCT and how it's helped them and what the risks were and um, how it cannot be effective and all of these these stories we were reading and I was like at a point where I'm in my 30s and I'm maxed out on medicine and my body is in this flare and is destroying itself, like my lungs, my heart, my tear production, salivary glands, like dry mouth is like a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And I was like, I feel like I need to try this. And he was like, okay, I think we can do this. And I like went to my husband with it. My husband's like, I'll support you, whatever you want to do. And so between my dad and my husband and I, we got together um, the money and I went to Monterey, Mexico in July, 2020 to undergo HSCT. Um, and it was like a peak of COVID also, it actually got right? pushed back a month because mm. of COVID. We were supposed to go June, 2020, and then it got pushed back. So, you know, like now COVID's freaking us out. And, and mentally I, well, it was, it was hard and physically because you have to be off your biologic for three months before. Oh, right. And going. you maxed out everything. Yes. And so I had to be off. So I was on just steroids. And like, how was that for you? It was terrible. Um, I'm a, I'm a teacher and a high school teacher. And so Bless if you. you're looking at like yeah, March, 2020 is when we shut down. Yeah, right? right. And we all went online and not only that, um, that's when I stopped my, um, biologic because I was supposed to go in June. So it was like three months 
And so from the time like the COVID, like COVID hit everything and shut everything down, I was off my biologics and I basically was, was killing myself trying to make these online lessons. And then I would just crash and go to sleep. Um, but it was a terrible sleep because I was on steroids. Right. Uh, so it was, it was just, oh, I like it. It's a blur. Like, I don't even remember how I got through I those four months. Isn't it amazing what before. we're capable of? Uh, yes, it's, it was, yeah, just looking forward to it. And then, you know, there's a few panicked, like, oh my gosh, is this the right decision? Is this, and it, it was very hard for me because I could not find any lupus stories. Like I just found MS stories and I, I connected with some people who one had it, uh, in Russia, the treatment in Russia for Sjogren's and it didn't work. Um, but the, the funny thing about like, I mean, Sjogren's it's, it's hard to gauge if something works or not, because once your salivary glands are destroyed, um, like they can't produce anymore. Like it's just, so even if you take away the inflammation, if they're destroyed, they're not going to work. Sure. Um, it's kind of so like with MS and the lesions in the brain yes. or the spine, like there's a certain amount of damage that we incur right. before transplant and then... Yeah, removing exactly. the inflammation is wonderful, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the old damage will right. repair. Exactly. And that's so it makes studying it like tricky um, if somebody's had it for a while or and so. And I knew this and um, I I don't know, I, I just reading the forums was probably the most inspirational thing for me and deciding to go and also knowing that there weren't really any other options. I was on the max options right. for lupus and, and long-term steroid use is not, um, healthier than anything. <laughs> like everything's better than that. So, so what yeah. did your doctors think about it? Like, did you talk oh my with goodness. your doctors about That's it? That's a good question. Yeah. My dad, he was very skeptical again. And he was like, I want to meet with your rheumatologist and talk with him about it. My rheumatologist is, his name is Dr. Rubin in Houston. Um, and he's just amazing. And he approaches things like, like so intelligently. Um, and I went with my dad, I brought my dad to an appointment with Dr. Rubin. And we were like, we're thinking about doing this procedure. Have you heard of it? And he had heard of, I guess there's like, like the, um, I'm probably not pronouncing this correctly, the myoblative and the non myoblative. Myoblative. Yeah, yeah. ablative. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, so he, Dr. Rubin was familiar with the myoblative one, the like more serious yeah. side effect one. And he was like, well, yeah, that works, but like you're going to have some serious side effect issues like it basically brings you almost like to death he said like because it, it kills the bone marrow and they have to um give you the stem cells to like bring yourself back whereas the non-myoablative one is it's a lot safer but he didn't know much about that one um but he actually my doctor small world um he did his residency with dr burt you've got to be kidding me like yeah it was that's so, amazing yes and uh and so he was familiar with dr burt's work and and he was like i honestly can't tell you if i think it would work or not like he said i think it, i love data and i love running experiments so i'm really interested to see how it affects you um later on but like he so he wasn't against it and I was like, the big question I had was like, will you still be a supportive doctor to me when I come back? And he was like, of course, why wouldn't I be? And so that was like very encouraging um, that For he was sure. just honest about not knowing, which like there isn't really a lot of data. And right, not for lupus. Be, right, right. And I was so thankful that he was like, I'll support you when you get back, like whatever you need, if you need to get back on something, if we need to try something else, like he was like, I'm sure, like, why not? And That's the so, kind of doctor you want to look for and work with. Yes. Yes. I was like super thankful. And he, and my dad was like, okay, I guess like, sounds good. Let's go. And so how did you settle on Monterey? 
I really wanted to go to Moscow, actually, because I really like the idea of um, being in the hospital the whole time, I guess, was that, uh, I guess, but my dad is, he like reads the news and stuff. And he was like, just really wary of me going to Russia in general. Um, well, and they was pretty like, much shut down at that time. Right. And and that's what he was worried about was borders um, shutting. But at the time right. we were making this decision, it was like in December. Oh, before COVID. And so, yeah, before, I mean, like COVID existed, but it was kind of like this obscure yeah, like, what is this? thing in Asia, mm. right? But like as COVID got, you know, more and more pronounced, like my dad was like, thank goodness we chose Mexico because the borders were open. And we, like my dad lives in Houston. So he, his biggest thing was if something were to happen to you, I want to get to you quickly. So like, it seems best sure, to go. That to, makes sense. Um, Mexico. So with Clinica Ruiz, too, I didn't realize that basically the, the two clinics in Mexico are very separate. Like it's all under this umbrella of Clinica Ruiz, but it's um, like Dr. Gomez runs the Monterey one and they have their own uh, transplant facility and operation and like things going on there out of the uh, I guess University of Monterey, there's mm. like a big hospital there. And that's what's um, the FACT accredited, the FACT accredited. It's the only FACT accredited um, hospital in Latin America, I believe. Wow. Which is the accreditation for um, transplant facilities worldwide. So, nice. Um, but when I, I initially wanted to go to Puebla, um, when I emailed them and they were like, uh, no, <laughs> um, there are more specialists that you need because with lupus, like there's like lung involvement and heart involvement and all this, like it's uh, these involved. So uh, I guess there were more specialists at the hospital in, in Monterey. Monterey, um, at least familiar with lupus. And so that's why they were clinical Ruiz was like, you have to go to the Monterey location because they do the other, um, autoimmune diseases in addition to MS. So good to know. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, and like before I got there, like, I guess the month before I got there, they had just done, um, a young boy for, um, type one diabetes, Mm. like, HSCT on this because I guess it's uh, your pancreas getting attacked by your immune system Correct. and yeah. if you catch it within six months they can attempt to like stop that from happening and um, so they they have uh, and they had done I asked them I was like have you done lupus patients and yes the answer was yes but not like they were all local like just from Mexico lupus patients um not like from the United States and I'm not sure from Europe, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm their like first one from the United States. Oh, wow. Um, but they had done other patients or patients that had comorbidities with MS, like MS and something else. Um, they had done and they said it, it, it was, I had a lower success rate um, for lupus compared to MS um, but that there have been over 20 like studies done for lupus and they believe it's effective enough for like to try this procedure, at, like a risk reward, I guess. Sure, um, sure. And so I was like, okay. And so um, I was with uh, in Monterey with two other MS uh, patients and it was me with lupus and Sjogren's that all underwent uh, HSCT. And I had a little bit of a different, uh, like prep, I guess, pre-testing than they did. Um, I had a lot of heart tests. They wanted to make sure my heart and my heart is in great shape, no damage Wonderful. and, uh, lung tests, like crazy lung tests. Like I, I it was like almost painful. Those I pulmonary really function hard. tests. Yeah. They really yes. are. <laughs> it was uh, not, and of course they checked, you know, everything else and, um, and you got uh, the all like clear. Yes. Yes. And I got the all clear and, um, they were able, I was able to start and I did the same, um, exact same procedure as the MS patients. And I had read in the forums that like, 
lupus patients would get a more heart-friendly procedure, um, which I interpreted as a weaker procedure <laughs> um, because it was less chemo. And I was like kind of concerned about that. And I asked and they were like, no, 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 no. You have um, like a great heart. There's no reason why you shouldn't get the same procedure as like these other two MS sure. patients. So um, I... Uh, went through this in Monterey. I stayed in a lovely apartment uh, with my nurse, Gabby, who was hired through Clinica Ruiz. And I, she not, no longer works for them, but she was like amazing, my savior. And and I couldn't, I was going to have like my husband come down and my dad come down, but because of COVID, they couldn't. Yeah. Everyone was so good about like COVID procedures and testing and making sure like we weren't like, like even at risk of being infected. And so that was, it was like, it was, it was a wonderful experience staying in the apartment and then going to, we went to the, I don't know what to call it. It wasn't quite a hospital. We went to the hospital for the transplant, but, um, it was like a separate facility for the infusions of chemo and so on. So I don't know if I should talk about that at all. Well, <laughs> like um, the experience. I want to ask what was maybe yes. your most memorable experience? Uh, my you most? Were there? Like how did it go? And did you have any complications or what was that most memorable experience? Um, I like I can say that like the feeling I have is, is just of comfort. Like I was always comfortable, even when I had a pick line in my neck, like I was comfortable, like in my bed, good AC in the middle of July, um, watching Netflix. I was able to FaceTime like my family. I was able to like, write. I made like a little blog. Um, but it, it was just like comforting good. and, it, it was, and Gabby made like just wonderful meals. Like if you hire a nurse in Monterey, they do everything. They like cook for you, clean for you, help you with your laundry. Like it's that's wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> so my overall, like just like impression was it's, it's a good, like comfortable impression. And I was like very happy The Dr. Andres is kind of the head doctor. So there's Dr. Andres and then Dr. Gomez Aguilar and Dr. Andres is his son. And so they both work there, but I interacted the most with Dr. Andres and he like they give you a, a phone and it has all their WhatsApp information on it. So any time of day, you can just like text them questions nice. um, or concerns or like at one point I had a small fever and they were able to get it down and it was fine. I didn't have any complications. I think the most surprising part of it was it's weird because like after your first two chemo infusions it you actually start to feel like better like you start to feel like you don't have an autoimmune disease isn't that amazing and then yeah it was it was just but then after the third one it's like it felt like a beehive like when you hit a beehive and everything just like spikes up and um it, 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 I started to get discouraged. I was like, oh my gosh, all my autoimmune symptoms are coming back. Like what's going on? And they're like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. This is normal. This is normal. And, um, then it mostly after the fourth chemo, which is the last one. And then, um, I did have a complication actually. I couldn't get my white blood cell count up. Um, so I couldn't get out of neutropenia very easily. Like while and you were there? Yes, while I was there. Before you came um, home. Right. Well, the, and I had to change my flight like two or three times mm. because it was like, okay, one more day, one more day, one more day. And um, I have to say, like, um, maybe this, I shouldn't say this, but um, the I have found out that like the, the anti-nausea pills they give you in Monterey are a higher quality than the ones in Puebla. Like they're stronger and like more expensive than the ones in Puebla. And like, 
like I was eating, oh my gosh, I just, I ate so many waffles with butter on the <laughs> butter and syrup. Like that was my thing. I was like, I didn't feel like any, eating anything else but waffles and butter and syrup. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I saw like on the forums, like what the medicine in Puebla and, then I was asking my nurse, Gabby, I was like, but wait, I have like this medicine. And she was like, oh, this one is like stronger. It's and so I was never nauseous. That's like the awesome. anti-nausea drugs were so good. And I gained like a weight because I was eating so much, which which I allowed myself to do. Like that's you need to listen. Well, to your yeah. Body. And that's different than a lot of people's experience where they feel right. so sick from the chemo that they can't eat. Right. And in Monterey, they like, yeah, I don't know the nausea medicine is different and that's fantastic and they did two things that were kind of different from Puebla aside from the nausea medicine the other thing was they like basically ordered for me or had me gave me a shot for a uh, bone marrow booster I don't know what else to call it yeah I wrote the down Nupigen the name of it or philgastrum Yes. So it's like that, but stronger. Hmm. And they, they said it was worth more than gold. Like each ounce of it was worth more than it was extremely expensive. Like one tube of it was maybe $2,400 and I needed like a half a tube of it. And they didn't like add anything to my like bill or anything like that. Like they, but they nice. used like this really nice, um, to stimulate the bone marrow. Like so supercharged. Like, Is that when you were yeah. trying to get home or get relief? Yes. Yeah. It was because I couldn't get the rituximab infusion until my blood levels were up high. Mm -hmm. Like the, the leukocytes, they were trying to get the leukocyte. Am I saying that right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, the leukocytes up. Um, so they did that for me, um, which I know is a little bit different. And then um, I forgot to say, like at the beginning, this is something that I, I posted about it on Facebook. So I know like a lot of women would be interested in knowing. But um, so I am, I was 36 at time of treatment. I'm 38 now. And, um, before I left, like my husband, I don't have any children and my husband doesn't really want children. And I am okay with that. Cause I have like some not so good things on my bloodline, like schizophrenia and uh, lupus. <laughs> and right. And these... you're with kids all day long. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so it's, it's always been like, okay, like I would be okay if we had a kid, but also like it's okay if I don't and that's fine. And I've come to like peace with it. And, um, but I just, I think biologically, I just wanted to know what my situation was before I got HSCT because you hear about it affecting your, um, fertility. Mm. Um, and so I went to my OBGYN and he ran all these tests and he, one of the tests was this, um, ovarian reserve, uh, and he, uh, saw that I have like the highest ovarian reserve eggs, like that he's ever seen, like in this test that huh. came up. And I, so he was like, you're like in the best shape possible. Like if you ever wanted to have kids and, um, like my husband, oh my gosh, he's so supportive. He was like, I'm not with you to have kids. I'm with you for you. So like, if you come back and you're in menopause, I don't care. Like it's, it wasn't like something I, but I still wanted to know. And I had also read about Lupron, the shot. Do you know, like, um, no, have you heard of Lupron? Okay. So they have some, a lot of research studies you can look up of women undergoing, um, like breast cancer treatment and, they gave these women the shot called Lupron, and I guess it helps people with endometriosis, and it's used for another purpose, but um, it basically shuts down your ovaries is what it does. And um, they found that a significant number of um, women going through breast cancer treatment, which is about double the chemo that we get in HSCT, um, they were able to biologically like, just have a a baby well, how about at that? the end of their treatment. And they don't really know why. And I asked my, my OBGYN about it and he's like, yeah, like we don't really know how it works. And it's all like theoretical. We just know that in studies it, it is effective. It's better to have it than to not, if you're going to have chemo. 
And um, I didn't want to go into menopause because that also brings other issues, you know, like osteoporosis. Yes, it does. And (laughs) all these things. So I was like, okay. And I emailed Mexico. um, I emailed Monterey and Dr. Andres was like, well, you know, we can't guarantee anything about fertility, um, but we're happy to order Lupron for you and um, give it to you before you start your chemo treatments. And I was like, okay, let's do it. How much is it? And that was actually like $250 extra. But if you get Lupron in the States, it's like $1,500. So it's like a significant, like it was way cheaper for Mexico to order it for me. And so before my chemo treatment, they gave me that Lupron shot. And I say that because it shut down my ovaries. So like three months after treatment, Um, I had no period and all of a sudden everything just started back up again and I'm here like two years later and no problems like and I'm 38 so I'm like a bit on the older side where people are perimenopausal or so on so I was fully expecting like to do that but now it's like I have regular cycles and if I wanted to have a baby I could have a baby but I'm not in menopause and it's it's I attribute it to like, I think that's a great option and it, there's like no side effects other than it shuts down your ovaries for three months. During so, the chemo. Well, yeah, I had no idea that that existed because maybe I would have chose not to go into menopause, which oh, yeah. was pretty instantaneous. Oh, wow. I, yeah. And well, I had my very last cycle while I was going through HSCT, which was uh, so pleasant. <laughs> and then just none, nothing since, which is really been amazing but at the same time it's and it's not guaranteed but it's a great i don't know it's a great something i I think it's worth 250 dollars. yeah it's it's worth for sure especially if you're going to mexico i mean certainly (laughs) worth looking into here in the states you never know it's good to be aware Mm -hmm. that's the value of the podcast right is Yes. Helping to bring all of this to light for people because I could never think of everything certainly and our experiences are so unique Yes, very, very. And that's like, there's not a lot about Monterey either. Most of the stuff on the Facebook page is Puebla centered and sure um, the rooftop. But I mean, other than cooking your own food in Monterey there, you're right, right. there is not a lot of detailed information. So right. Why was it important for you to participate in the podcast? Oh, I really, really want to encourage people with lupus especially especially like life-threatening or organ-threatening lupus to seek it as an option um especially because now i'm i'm like two years out so i have i i have some good data on myself at least um and uh, i've had a lot of improvements um and my life is better because of hsct and I, I guess I can go into detail about like what, how it has yes, helped me. Please, that'd um, be amazing. So I haven't been to the ER since. Fantastic. Um, and I was going about every six months. Um, I haven't had any uh, pleurisy, which is lung inflammation, myocarditis, heart inflammation. Um, I'm completely off uh, four azathioprine pills a day. I'm completely off uh, steroids. I was anywhere in between like 10 and 20 milligrams, depending on like my flare. Mm. Um, so I'm completely off prednisone. Um, I no longer take prescription eye drops to reduce inflammation. That was Zydra eye drops, which was like $230 a month medicine. Wow. Um, I still take two saliva stimulants a day for Sjogren, like for just saliva stimulation. But um, my saliva, I was on four a day before HSCT for saliva stimulants a day. And I still have dry mouth. And now with just two a day, I have no dry mouth. Like this whole time I've been talking to you, Mm. I haven't had any issue at all. I think I've had one sip of water um, and I would never have been like, I would have gone through two bottles of water by now. Right. Yeah. No, isn't that amazing? Um, My skin lesions are way, 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 way more manageable. Like I get maybe nickel and dime size skin lesions, but I used to get like 
like, I don't know, it would cover my entire back to put it in. Oh, like it, wow. was, it was completely unmanageable. But um, so and that sun, sun does that to be my immune system attacks the skin and the sun. Um, but I was able to go, I, I just got back actually, um, four weeks ago, I was in Cozumel with my husband scuba diving and I went scuba diving for the first nice. time ever. And I never learned scuba diving because, um, my salivary glands always hurt and you have to like bite on that regulator yes. and not stimulate salivary flow. My lungs were always, especially like under pressure on land. Yeah. Right. So I can't even imagine in the water, like under 90 feet, like how they would have felt, um, my skin again, cause it's in the sun. Um, so there were a lot of like, I was like, I'm never going to be a scuba diver. And my husband was like, let's get you certified like during COVID cause there's nothing else to do. And then we just came back like a month ago and I had no flare at all. Wow. Um, scuba diving for an entire week, um, like nine dives total, I think. And, and wasn't it beautiful? And, yes, it was. It, so I'm on significantly less medication. My flares are tiny. If I have a flare, it's, it, it's maybe kicked up symptoms for like two days. And before I was having flares for like two years, like a long yeah, flare. Right. Um, but I am still on a biologic, um, called Benlista, um, which is a B cell modulator. I think I'm saying that right. Um, approved for lupus. Um, and that's about the only like immunosuppressive thing that I am taking. And that's kind of like, you hear a lot about people doing rituximab, too, like mm -hmm. after yeah. HSCT, um, I kind of took it as that, like an insurance policy, um, if you will. So like, and all this, like, I've, I, there's no information, like who knows if, if it helps or not. But um, I, about three months after I got back, um, I started on Benlista again, um, just because I could feel when I would get stressed out, like little tiny twinges of my autoimmune disease and it freaked me out. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to make sure I have this all under control. And, and check. Yeah. Um, so I went on this biologic, which I was on before HSCT. Um, and it's super, super like targeted. Um, so it's not a full immunosuppressant like, um, cell set would be, or, um, mm. these other ones. It, it just targets B cells or autoreactive B cells. Um, and, I've been fine on it. So I've been on that now like a month and a half since, or not a month, a year and a half since HSCT. And the side uh, effects hopefully do not include blindness. No, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> no side effects at all, actually. There's, an, and another big bonus too is that like, like it was really hard, like losing all your hair. That was really hard. I um, uh, was very self-conscious. I spent a lot of money on wigs. So if you want to do a separate podcast about wigs, I learned everything about um, And But now my hair is like going back to shoulder length. And um, what was I saying? Oh, like prior to HSCT, I was on so many medicines that caused hair loss. And now I'm not on medicines that cause right. hair loss. So, so how do you feel about your hair now? It's a lot better. It's it's so, and I, it's like naturally curly. So I just wear it natural. I don't try and like straighten it like used. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just so many benefits to being off. I'm, I'm off like so many pills that I was on prior to HSCT. And I know I'm still on a biologic, but I am not in a constant flare I like everything's in control I don't know how like I still have um autoimmune symptoms if I get stressed out um or if I get sick which actually I just had COVID we got back from Mexico and I got COVID and I didn't have any autoimmune symptoms with COVID so that was interesting that is interesting um, I don't know what, how, and I was like drooling, like I had so much saliva, which was weird. Fascinating. Um, during, yeah, COVID, uh, but I'm better now from that, but um, no problems with, with, and I, I got vaccinated, I know that's the whole thing, um, but 
and the vaccine actually like kicked up some symptoms, but then they went away. So it was fine. Um, but anytime I get stressed out, symptoms get kicked up, but they go mm. away and it's, it's like a fast, it's nowhere near where it used to be. Um, where I was in a flare for anywhere from months to a year or two. Um, and I, overall I'm just much healthier post HSCT. I, so how are you sleeping better? Yes, I sleep so good. Um, <laughs> no more I have steroids. No, sleeping, no more steroids. Yes. Um, and I, I know another thing that people talk about a lot is like thyroid function yes. post HSCT. And I've had like I've had every four months my doctor runs like a TSH test. I think that's what it is. Um, and that's like totally fine. So I didn't have any issues with um thyroid I didn't have any issues with fertility or menopause like all the side effects that everyone talks about like I was really afraid of I didn't have fantastic. Um, problems with I had a really good experience and now um, like my lupus is controlled and my Sjogren's is controlled and I can teach a full day and not have dry mouth and like my dentist I just went to a new dentist he had no idea I had Sjogren's because I had such good nice that's amazing yeah so it's it's been a really great experience and i hope that there's more people who have other um autoimmune diseases that seek it out especially as like if if they're on like the max levels of multiple immunosuppressive agents like it's or before they get there right because right then they're not dealing with that irreversible damage right Although, and that, I mean that can that, happen anyway right like right that irreversible damage or just significant damage can occur no matter mm-hmm. the autoimmune disease early or after years of managing the disease like right autoimmune is such a tricky individual right. thing absolutely and that, and that was the other, that's one of the things that convinced my dad. Cause he was like, well, like, are we going to wait until you have scarring in your lungs to go or right. you have like, it was, let's just try it and <laughs> see if it. And so we got together, I had a cash in like part of my retirement and my dad gave a lot and he gave a significant amount. I've loved my dad so much. He was super supportive and, um, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of a, uh, like do or die. I hate to say it like that, but it was, it was well, like, yeah, you get to that point of like, what's next because you were right. maxed out on everything. And that's a great question. What's going to convince us to go? Do we have to wait for right. something even worse to happen? Exactly. Yeah. That was, that was, I think the deciding, the deciding it was, it couldn't be any yeah, right. It, it was hard. It was really, really even getting there initially I had like a lot of second thoughts, like, what am I doing? And why am I here? Like it um, mentally, it was a very difficult thing to go through. Um, Do you think maybe some of that is just because of the inflammation after being off of your disease modifiers for so long? Oh yeah. I would, I, and, and prednisone like increases anxiety. (laughs) Like it, uh, it was, it was the, the first week of treatment, I was comfortable as like everyone was so sweet, nice, informative, but it was mentally very taxing. Yeah, and for sure, I wasn't sure I was doing the right thing. So, and how did you it, manage that? Like, how did how did you support yourself through that? Um, I I mean, I had an anti-anxiety med, which was very helpful. Um, I I think talking to family was like the biggest thing because they knew the why as to what, like why I was going and they would keep reminding me like why I'm there. Mm. And I was, you know, just worried about everything. Like worried about my thyroid and worried about my kidneys. I'm worried about my, like, you know, if you Google like chemo, like you come up with all these side effects and you, it's, but it's such a huge, it's such a big, serious medical procedure and such a huge yeah. decision. It's certainly it, it's, not one to take lightly at all. Correct. Yeah, it was. Um, and, and that's what I had to remind myself is like why I was there. And same thing when I got back, like it was three or four months, like, oh my gosh, when I, when I got back, which was like August 3rd or something, it was pushed back because of 
um, I couldn't get my white blood cell count, but when I got back, like the next day I went to work and oh my I'm a teacher. <laughs> like it's August. <laughs> so it was in service at least. I didn't have kids yet, but like I already had my wig and I like went to work and I was so, you don't realize how anemic you are. Like you, you're all your red blood cells are like babies with your like baby stem cells. Yeah. And they didn't, they haven't had time to grow up yet. And <laughs> you're just like getting oxygen around your body. It's just exhausting. Whoa. It was, and I was like that. Like I would come home, I'd go to work and then I would come home and I would just sleep. And like, my husband was like, I don't know if this procedure worked. Like, because I was just every day. And it was probably about four months later where I started to feel normal. And I started to feel, um, like things were healing. Well, and that's when you're like, finally out of neutropenia. Right. And and my red blood cell count was like really a lot better. I was cuz I was anemic when I got back mm-hmm. and then it 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 took like 4 to 5 months for like I I would you know walk down the street and I would be winded after just walking past like four houses. And it was recovery. It was, is no joke. It was really, and then, you know, the hot flashes, that was fun. Hot flashes in a wig. In August. No, yes. Right. (laughs) Right. Yes. But so um, what about a superpower that you gained from your experience with mm, HLCT? That's a good question. I guess Oh, a good superpower would be that I'm not afraid to try new things. Can that be a superpower? Absolutely. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's, it's, um, it, I like scuba diving. Like I was, I was afraid my whole life. And then when I got sick, I was like, I'm never going to do it. And then we did it. And it was like the, like a new experience. And, and you like, when you get to your thirties, like there aren't a lot of things you can do that are brand new experiences. And so I think like, um, taking advantage of like, I can like move a lot better. I can lift weights better. I can go for a run. I can like, uh, so taking advantage of my body's like physical abilities, but also recognizing I have limits too and not being afraid to just go on adventures is like the big, and I think we're already planning a trip to the Netherlands next summer. Nice. And it's, that's what my husband and I like to do is like scuba. Now we like to scuba and then like travel internationally and life is short and you have to enjoy it. And I think all of us, that have autoimmune diseases, we know what it feels like to be sick, like for long periods of time. And so where you can have moments of these adventures and feeling almost normal, like you should take advantage of them. And I think that's what I'm trying really hard. Brilliant. I love it. To do. Yay. So, that was a good question. Yeah, thank you. So what are you grateful for about your experience with HSCT that maybe has gone unspoken? Um, I think I'm so grateful for the Facebook moderators of these HSCT groups because they must work really hard because these groups have thousands of people in them Mm. and like conversations can go like haywire if there's not like a moderator there to be but they like in each of the groups they keep it controlled with like a very like good messaging and purpose and it it feels almost like hsct is like a grassroots like effort of of people like finding out about it and like learning from each other's experiences and and I never would have known about it had it not been for these Facebook groups and the Facebook moderators that work tirelessly to answer questions or help control conversations and help be like straightforward about the procedure the good and the like not so good um, and it's, it, I, I think that's, that's the biggest impact. Like, I, I think they, they go above and beyond uh, under. Yes. And like very, I hope like they know how much like 
so many of us appreciate them because yes, the doctor's wonderful, my nurse and angel, like all of those things, but like those Facebook moderators are working daily, like every day for no money to get this information out to people. And it, it really target, I mean, like it, these groups convinced my dad, who's like the most skeptical person in the whole world, that, sure. that this was a, a thing I should go for. I'm trying to think, I guess the podcast was around, but maybe not as promoted as it could have been. And our nonprofit was around starting in July of 2019. So, yeah. So that's how I hear about the podcast is on the Facebook groups. Are you a moderator? of? No, group? no. Okay. Um, but like when I started the podcast, it was also just thinking like, well, not everybody's on Facebook. And what about all the people who aren't? Like, how right. do they find HSCT? Um, right. And then out of like extended conversations in the podcast, we decided to start the nonprofit HSCT Warriors. And it's a lovely website. And we've done some outreach and webinars featuring even Dr. Ruiz and Dr. Gomez. And wonderful. It is. It's It's an amazing community to be a part of. And I'm also just so grateful that people are so willing to just give their time for the common good of like finding, finding out more about this life changing procedure sooner than yes. later. And I know like, and that's what my dad, of course we looked in the U S initially for HSCT. Um, and of course like Chicago was closing by the time we, we right. started right. looking into it. And uh, we saw like Denver and Seattle, I think, have some lupus trials, mm -hmm. um, but they're still very expensive. And I'm in Texas uh, and it, it's it's like, OK, this seems like something that will be like in trials pretty regularly, maybe a decade from now. Oh, I hope not. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I hope the trials are there, but I hope that more right. doctors, more physicians, more specialists yes. start to learn about. The research exactly. behind HSCT, the efficacy, the effectiveness, right. the possibilities, and just right. introduce it to patients sooner right. in their diagnosis. Yes. Yes. Especially, yeah. If, uh, it's, especially if they've tried all of these other things <laughs> it's, and not much is working. Um, but I mean, like with me, everything, like I, it was controlled to an extent until I got divorced and then it was just out of control sure. and I couldn't, it was so, and I know everyone has these life things that happen that Dress is do brutal. that, but, um, but no, I'm like super thankful for, for, uh, the HSCT program in Mexico. And I'm super thankful for my rheumatologist who has supported me through it. Like he just, he just sees me as a science experiment, but he's like, really, sure. It really supportive. Like he, he loves the data and, and to see like, I'm completely off azathioprine, which is crazy because I've, I've been taking it for, like I took it for eight years, mm. like the max dosage. And now I'm off that. I'm most grateful for going through this treatment because I am better than I was before the treatment. Awesome. Um, a lot of my quality of life is is so much better. Mm. And I think that's really hard to measure. And uh, what I really want to like drive home, I think, is that uh, everyone's success with this treatment looks different. Yes. Um, I think overwhelmingly you see like, oh, I'm off meds now or I'm off biologics. And I, I think that's largely how the MS community defines success mm. with this treatment. But uh, I think um, there's so much we don't know about our diseases and this treatment and biologics as a treatment in general, that um, success might not look like that for you. And it doesn't for me because I'm still on a biologic sure. uh, for lupus. Um, but like uh, my quality of life in so many ways is so much better. I have like full saliva. I have full tear production. I don't feel pain every time I take a bite of food. Mm. I don't have joint pain anymore. My joint pain is gone. Um, my heart inflammation is gone. 
uh, lung inflammation is gone. Amazing. It's, it's so many other, and I'm like working out, I'm active and it's, it's, I still have flares, but they're so much smaller than they used to be. And they're so much more manageable um, than they used to be and, and much more like short lived. And so I think. And only uh, one, right. One medication versus the 50 you were taking. Yes. Right. Right. It's, it's like, it's so much better. Well, and the biologic is actually like a shot. Um, once got it. Okay. It's, it's, um, but, uh, I, I think that there's so much unknown about the treatment and about the results from the treatment. Like I view my experience even though I'm still on a biologic as successful and I'm so thankful for my HSCT experience. And I, I think like, like this, like being able to share it and let other people know it might look different for them. Mm. They might have a different outcome and a different success story um, is, is really important. And I'm so grateful because this is really like word of mouth is how yes. a lot of um, this information is being, uh, like, uh, spread and, um, success can look differently and your quality of life can look differently. And it, it doesn't have to look like someone else who's completely off all meds. Like you might still be on some meds, but have a better quality of life than you had that's, before HSCT. Yeah, that's tremendous. And success <laughs> does look so different because these diseases are so unique. Right. Snowflakes, right. we are. So, yes. <laughs> Good comparison. But, um, so that, that's it, that little part. Well, I just appreciate you sharing your story and even the articulation of your success and like giving the space for it to be okay, right? No matter how it right. looks, that you made it through treatment relatively well and yes. are enjoying such an improved quality of life, which is brilliant. I'm like very thankful, grateful for the community, especially. And like, thank you so much for our letting me talk about lupus. I'm so that grateful was... to you for sharing your story. We, I would love to talk with more people that have more of these rare yes. autoimmune diseases. Right, right. Or like, yeah, it's not common at all. Um, it's and there are people with lupus who have had HSCT and I've I've read their stories on the forums and things, but nothing in detail and I don't know, it was it was hard to connect with people. So I just hope the community gets stronger. And a hold of this episode that. and connect with you even. Um Yes, yes. To learn absolutely. more. I just really appreciate you so much of your of story. Course. Same, same. I appreciate the opportunity. It's like been really nice. Like, thank you so much. Of course. It's great to connect with you. And I'm super excited that more people, more listeners will have access to your about lupus and sojourns. So, am I even still yeah. saying that right? After hearing you it's, say it's it so, so many so grands. Okay. I don't <laughs> so know why it's like, ingrained in my head the way it is. The no, like I, a lot of people because it has a J in the name, so it's but it's like show, like a TV show, show, show grins, grins. Like, yeah, yeah. Which Lucas, I know Venus Williams. Oh, well, yeah, the, yeah, kind of she's the celebrity for now that has showgrins, but I wonder if she'll get HSCT. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing about more stories too of other like lesser known um, autoimmune diseases getting HSCT. Not that lupus is lesser known, but lupus treatment it's, with well, HSCT yeah, right. is not common. Exactly. And very difficult. That was a, a big thing in Monterey. They had to like make sure that I had lupus. Like they, <laughs> right. And, and that's like, like, cause they have to verify that you have this and, and there's no lupus test. It's, it's a combination of, exclusionary uh, criteria yeah right yeah and I'm so glad that you're on the road to recovery well thank you yes I'm yeah I feel I'm very blessed and like so happy that this was an opportunity that I I could do and I'm happy that I can even look back like two years now and see all the progress that I've made since HSCT yeah may you continue to have some wonderful adventures yes yes thank you so much Thank you so much, Elise. It's been yes. wonderful connecting with you. Same. 
Yeah, thank you so much. Sure thing. All the best to you. Same here. Okay. okay. Bye. Be sure to visit hsctwarriorspodcast.org where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and connect with resources and the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Allitzhauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. It has been amazing to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us on Instagram or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well. Jen Stansberry Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician and take good care.